Dreamsofamedia.com presents... When will I learn? The answer to life's problems aren't at the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> They're on Noiseland Arcade. With Craig WK. He's just a little shy because I've tried to kill him so many times. And Sean, the arcade phantom. An underachiever. And yet he seems to be... How should I put this? Proud of it? They're violent and they distract you from your schoolwork. Well, time to hit the books. Welcome to Noiseland Arcade. I am Craig WK, and with me is my secret partner that I'm not willing to admit to, Sean the Arcade Phantom. Craig. Yeah. Craig, I'm so excited. Because we're doing like one of your favorite episodes ever. So this is in my top five favorite episodes of all time. Top five? If Dang. I had to pick top five Simpsons episodes, Bart the Lover will make it in there. And this is your personal list. This my is personal list. Not, not the so, best yeah, episodes. Not an objective thing, but a subjective thing. And honestly, that's pretty exciting uh, that we're getting to our, our actual legitimate like favorite episodes of all time. So, Sean, today we are talking about Bart the Lover, of course. When did it first release? February 13th, 1992. One day before Valentine's Day. Yeah, so in this sad and romantic episode, Bart is annoyed with his teacher, Mrs. Krabappel, and plays a prank on her, pretending to be an interested lover, but quickly feels guilty about it. And Bart doesn't usually feel guilty about a lot of things. No, it takes a lot. So, Sean, um, my news is kind of crazy, uh, so uh, go right ahead. What uh, was going on in the world at this time? Uh, we were all rocking our air guitars out right now. <laughs> Instead of a like normal guitar, could I have like one of those double guitars? Uh, yeah, because it is party time and it is excellent. Because on February twelfth, Wayne's World came out. Really? Yeah. Party on! I uh, got a question for you, Craig. Uh huh. Did you ever think when Bugs Bunny dressed up as a girl, she was kind of hot? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a really fun movie, Wayne's World. Wayne's World is probably the best Saturday Night Live movie. I would agree. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, let's face it, some of them are not quite as good. No, some are not quite as good. Superstar is on the lower end, but man, McGruber is good. <laughs> I haven't McGruber seen McGruber is actually. real dumb. It makes fun of every action movie. You would probably really enjoy how stupid it is. Oh, okay. It's kind of Kung Pao-esque with its humor. I do enjoy Kung Pao. Okay. So, Sean, in the it's sort of a polar opposite mood as Wayne's World. Did somebody try and kill rock and roll? Well, someone was doing some killing. Oh. Two days after this episode aired, a jury convicted Jeffrey Dahmer to 15, and then eventually 16 at a later date, terms of life imprisonment as he was found sane. Sound a little weird, right? He chopped up and flayed bodies, had sex with the dead, drilled holes into brains, and then poured acid or boiling water in attempt to make, like, zombies that he could, like, keep for sex that, like, would live, but, you know, because he was, he was sick and tired of apparently having sex with dead bodies. Uh, he would eat, uh, eat the dead. Uh, he preserved some of the bodies as well. He was deemed sane. 
as he had control over his actions. He wouldn't target people with witnesses around, and he wouldn't kill men who stayed with him more than just one night. So you want to know something really, really dark and funny about this? What's that? Anytime I really want to annoy my girlfriend, Uh I just tell her I think I'm about getting some Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. (laughs) I'm always like, yeah, I get those Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. She's like, you look like a freaking pedophile. And I'll always just look at her and go, look like? (laughs) (laughs) Quickest way to annoy a girlfriend. Make a joke about Jeffrey Dahmer glasses and pedophilia. That's... Yeah, I think that's pretty universal. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're not going to dwell on this too long, but yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer was a, a just insanely infamous serial killer. Yeah. He was active, uh, I think, since the 70s. You know? I mean, like, the only reason he was caught is because, like, he ended up, uh, the, the guy he brought in and, like, handcuffed, uh, the guy, like, kept him talking and... Jeffrey Dahmer didn't usually kill people who like stayed around him and so like this guy tried to like keep him talking and stuff and so like he eventually like you know asked to like go to the bathroom and he like you know ran past him and basically when the cops came in to like investigate Jeffrey Dahmer like put up a fight and they you know put cuffs on him and went looking around because they kind of smelled some weird things and then they found everything including Jeffrey Dahmer having taken Polaroid pictures with a lot of dead bodies. He was sane in the sense that, like, he kind of had control over his actions. And maybe that's the scariest part of all this is that, like, he wasn't really insane. So, I mean, he was, but, like, wasn't. So, what you're saying is it was not excellent. No, I am saying it was not excellent. That is correct. (laughs) Uh, So, let's talk about the episode. Oh, God, do I love this episode! And it starts off really weird. It really does. It's like black and white footage, and this kid is going through and learning about all the things zinc is composed of in his in his everyday life. Yeah, so zinc is super useful. He Jimmy can't even kill himself without any zinc. Nope, because the firing pin in his handgun. You guessed it, zinc. Zinc, come back. Uh, yeah, so, so, Zinc Comeback is one of my most quoted Simpsons quotes. <laughs> Why? Because my girlfriend, uh-huh. her gamer tag involves Zinc in the title. <laughs> so anytime she would log off on a game, I'd just be like, Zinc, come back, come back, Zinc. So, I say this all the time. So I'm sure a lot of people are at least somewhat aware, but Zinc is a chemical element with the symbol ZN and an atomic number 30. Uh, zinc is a slightly brittle metal at room temperature and has a blue silvery appearance when the oxidation is removed. What can you use zinc for, Craig? Uh, firing pins of guns, old rotary telephones, and uh, uh, what else? Batteries? Yep, batteries. Batteries, okay. Uh, and so while they're watching this old footage, this is Mrs. Krabappel's class with Bart. And uh, Bart, like, holds up his finger and makes a shadow. And he's like, Ew, Ugh. he's picking his nose. And Krabappel is just like, oh, my God. And in the background, we see uh, it looks like it's wintertime. Uh, there's a lot of snowflakes, like, stapled up on the walls and stuff. Uh, but outside, it doesn't seem very cold. Go figure. And uh, 
Krabappel, we find, is pretty lonely. Not even Martin sticks around as all the bell rings, the kids bolt out of class, and she's like, does anybody want to stick around to talk about zinc? Talk about anything? I'll do your homework. So we get one of my favorite shots in the entire series in this next scene. Mm-hmm. It's Krabappel driving home in the rain. Yep. And Alf Clausen's music is ramped up to 11. It is sad as hell. It is. I love the, the song that they use here. And this whole montage we get for this scene is my biggest part for why I love this episode. Mm-hmm. Krabappel has a crippling form of depression where everything she thinks that is going to happen in her life goes wrong. And it is physically manifest for her. Mm-hmm. That is a form of depression that a lot of people suffer from where they think everything will go wrong and it does. And they usually don't want to try because of it. Yeah. And I love how well it's portrayed in this scene, especially. Yeah. So uh, while Krabappel's driving in the rain, she stops at the Quickie Mart and gets Chef Lonely Heart soup for one. She tries to play the lotto. Apu asks her, you know, he hasn't seen her in a while since they've raised double the prices and everything. (laughs) Are you still teaching? And Krabappel's like, let's see. Does a scratch off. And she's like, yep, another day of teaching. And that's a dollar scratch off, meaning she'd probably only get about $10,000 as her prize. That's all she needs to get away from these kids. Yeah. It's enough to like get her a nice vacation or something, man, or get her some savings in her account. Because let's face it, teachers don't make a ton. And uh, her car starts causing trouble, and she goes to the gas station, and uh, the mechanic, who clearly knows her situation, says, sugar in the gas tank, ex-husband strikes again. Which is an urban legend. Sugar in the gas tank doesn't, uh, sugar doesn't dissolve in gas. Uh, So at worst, it could potentially clog the filter. It's not really a thing. I... but I, uh, Krabappel gets home. She she like looks at a magazine that says like Krusty picks the best chili. She has a cat in this apartment. Yeah, she does. She does have a cat, uh, which I don't know if she'll have later. But we also don't see Krabappel's apartment hardly ever again. We don't ever really see Skinner's cat either, because Skinner had a cat when he was missing in Bart the Murderer. They're both cat people. Oh yeah, it's almost like they should. End up together. Nah, let's hook her up with the, I don't know, Flanders. That's stupid. Very stupid. And I hate it. Uh, so, you know, she's home at four. Uh, we see that she has to grade tests and work on homework. There's, like, you know, notes that she has, like, on a little mini, like, chalkboard or board, you know, in her kitchen. And uh, she, you know, oh, and also needs cat food, apparently. I. Uh, she uh, she starts uh, uh, flipping through this magazine, and there's an interview with J.D. Salinger. Do you know who that is? Yeah, he wrote Catcher on the Right. Indeed he did, a real author. Uh, he also was the hit mind behind Hollywood stars. What do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. What, really? On Bojack Horseman. Yes. That's the big joke, they find J.D. Salinger, who's not dead, and he makes a horrible TV show in Bojack Horseman. It's great. Oh, that's ridiculous. And uh, I, we also see an ad for Springfield on $1 a day, and it shows like a, a, a homeless person. Uh, and then uh, there's an ad for Looking for Love, Klondike 53457. And Krabappel is like, well, you know, sounds kind of like a lark. And 
she, you know, she kind of is sort of doing the same thing I did when I first started dating was like, it's just sort of like, a well, you know, why not? Let's see what happens. You know, it's just dating. No big deal. You, know, you sort of justify it in your head. Uh, but this is kind of a very dated reference. You see, back before we had Tinder kids, mm -hmm. we used to actually write out to our newspapers for dating. Yeah, the personals in the newspaper were a thing. Uh, and so for anyone young uh, listening to the show, they have probably have no idea that, yeah, the, the personals were really a thing. Did you ever fill out a personal ad before? No. I, I remember kind of looking through them on, like, you know, when we had a paper at home. I did. Yeah? Yeah. What, what were you asking for? I like pina coladas. Getting caught in the rain. But Sean, are you not into yoga and do you have half a brain? I like making love at midnight. <laughs> the dudes of the cave? <laughs> well, I tell you what, Sean, I'm going to write to you and then we can escape. So, <laughs> so, so Krabappel calls the, the number for this personal and she's like, come on, come on, come on. I need a man. And her cat like freaks out and runs away. Uh, and uh, Krabappel is... I mean, you know, you, you can't really love another person if you don't love yourself. And like you said, Krabappel is pretty depressed here. But it probably would be a nice change of pace for her to get out of the house and, like, do things, you know? So, like... You can love another person if you don't love yourself. <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> self-loathing. I don't you, even know how to respond to beat, that. You beat me again, self-loathing. <laughs> Way to go. <sighs> so, at the school, uh, during an assembly... Okay. We have, well, I yeah. hate assemblies. Oh, yeah, they were the worst. Did you ever have a stupid assembly like this that was like a pointless one like this one? Uh, I would argue all of them were pointless. Because I remember one assembly that uh -huh. I had in high school. I think you were there. I don't remember yeah. if you were there. But our buddy Xander from Legend of Retro was there. Uh huh. And shout out to Xander. This guy was like doing like these bad comedy routines. And one of them, uh -huh. he played the theme to Wild Wild West. And Xander got real into it. <laughs> and I just remember him just headbanging, knowing all the lyrics of Wild Wild West. Jim West? Rough Rider. Desperado? No, you don't want that. <laughs> I don't know anything else. <laughs> so, I don't know if I was there for that one. Or, or if I was there, I don't remember Xander singing the song. But every, you would have remembered because everybody turned and looked at Xander and stopped paying attention to this <laughs> like, crappy comedian for whatever reason. He was like, he was kind of like a life coach comedian thing. Oh, He's like, I'll teach you how to have your life on track. When I was a young kid, I thought Independence Day was a good movie. And now I know it's shit. Ha 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 Riveting. Yeah, it was real dumb, <laughs> real bad. <laughs> I don't know if I remember that. Maybe I just pushed it out of my mind, though. Uh, but, but yeah, back to the Simpsons and their assembly. So we see that Rod and Todd are in public schooling. Yeah. And they sit next to each other in, uh, uh, you know, assemblies. Oh, that's precious. And they are just going to get eaten alive as they get into middle school and high school. And uh, so uh, Bart makes a paper airplane, launches it, and it hits Todd. And he's like, oh! my eyeball <laughs> and everyone starts laughing and skinner is like you know i can wait up here as long as you kids can and they all keep laughing and laughing and not you know paying attention and he's like knock it off and so ted carpenter from the twirl king yo-yo company uh comes out and he's like 
you know, like, oh, yo, yo, not much competition for a video game. Until he brings out Mr. Amazing, Sparkle, Zero Gravity, and the, the Cobra. Cobra. <laughs> and uh, I love that they start playing and or like playing around with the yo-yos and doing tricks and stuff and all the kids love them and bart's like they must be millionaires and nelson uh was it nelson it's um or is it uh jimbo dolphin kearney jimbo and kearney i don't think Dolph is there okay. i don't think nelson is there and uh the bullies are like they must get all kinds of uh uh or they must get tons of girls and then over in the no smoking section, which arguably which is a great sight gag, that there's a no smoking section. Well, I think it's more that there's a no smoking in the auditorium and they're not paying attention or don't care. Who doesn't care? Well, Hoover and Krabappel. Yeah. Hoover and Krabappel are smoking in the no smoking section. And uh, I, you know, Hoover is kind of pretending you know, that she's kind of, you know, outraged and she's like, you know, I don't I don't see the educational merit of this. And Krabappel is like, well, it's one of the few pleasant memories uh, they'll have before they're pumping gas for a living. <laughs> <laughs> Which Krabappel has every right to be that angry, so I can't really fault her for that. Uh, but yeah, that's just petty. And I love it. And then they start playing the song Aquarius slash Let the Sunshine In by The Fifth Dimension. Apparently, it was originally written in 1967 for the musical Hair. Uh, I didn't know that. All I know is I love the song. Every time that song came on the radio when we worked at the grocery store, I would think of this scene in The Simpsons. Right? Oh, my God, I would, too. And uh, uh, so they play the song, and then they call up, uh, or they call to the, the, you know, the stage, uh, the school's principal. You know, they bring up Principal Skinner. And so he has to stand in between them as they launch yo-yos in his direction. And Skinner kind of, like, moves a bit. And he kind of, like, gets hurt. And he's like, ow. And he, like, holds his ear. And one of them, I think uh, it's uh, Mr. Amazing, is like, you're going to have to hold real still because you get seriously hurt. And Skinner's like, oh. <laughs> and uh, as they leave, because uh, uh, Lisa is really, you know, taken with uh, uh uh, what is it? Uh, sparkle. Sparkle. Yeah, it's Sparkle. And she she signs a, a picture and hands it to Lisa. And Lisa's like, this isn't your picture. And she's like, that's the old Sparkle. And we see that the uh, uh, the Twirl King yo-yo guy, uh, Mr. Carpenter, is like, come on, you bums. He's like, get in there. We got three more elementary schools to get to. They get loaded into a van. And he drives them to the next place. How old do you think they are? I hope at least 18. Because new Sparkle. The hotter one, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah? She looks like that silver-haired girl who's at Lisa's slumber parties all the time. Oh looks like God. her mom or her older sister. Maybe it is. Like, it looks a lot like that girl, and I think that every time. I didn't even put two and two together. Yeah. Oh, man. New Sparkle is hotter, by the way. If anyone's fighting over the sparkles, <laughs> New Sparkle all the way. <laughs> new Sparkle is hot sparkle. <laughs> Oh, boy. So the next day at school, we have Yo-Yo Mania. And uh, so we talked about this a couple weeks ago before mm -hmm. we filmed this episode, mm -hmm. recorded this episode. Uh, right. We were from the 90s. Nobody had yo-yos because yo-yo balls broke yo-yos forever. Well, not forever. Because remember our buddy Tans, who we brought up on this show before, Really knew a lot of yo-yo tricks. He actually was pretty good with a yo-yo. Yeah, but like he's the only one I can think of. Like, he is, I think, the only one I I, I know of. Everybody in the '90s got yo-yo balls because they'd automatically come back to you, and you didn't have to learn how to yo-yo. 
I did eventually learn how to play around with a yo-yo. Uh, eventually. I mean, like when I was a young kid, I had a yo-yo ball and stuff. But uh, You know how I learned how to play with a yo-yo? You just used a yo-yo ball. I ran around the neighborhood and tried to hit a rabid dog with it. <laughs> and a stop sign. Listen here, Ness. Uh, so, uh, I love that uh, uh, Nelson is trying to show a trick and messes up horribly. And the kid is like, he's like, that's your trick? And do you know who that kid was? Who was that kid? He was the My Dingling Kid. Yes! From uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the what was it, the talent show where he's like, My Dingling! My Dingling! And Skinner's like, like this act is over! Uh, yeah, he was that kid. And then Nelson... That's uh, the same kid mm-hmm. whose dad built the science fair project and he wants to touch it. <laughs> Go over there! <laughs> no, further! <laughs> further! <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that is that kid. And so the kid's like, that's your trick. And Nelson's like, no, this is. And he just twirls it around and just beans the kid in the head. And his two flunkies are there. Nelson learned from uh, Ness. Yeah, he, he knew how to fight with a yo-yo. I mean, the accuracy is terrible. Also, can we By technically say yo-yo? Uh, yes, because we're in America. Ah, right. If you're listening to this show in Canada, it's a trademark thing and a copyright trademark, something like that. And so you can't do it. I uh, can't say it. That's why on every use it. Uh, subsequent, uh, subsequent re-release of Star Tropics, the yo-yo is called a star. Yeah, the island star. Yeah. And it's clearly a yo-yo. I mean, I, I like, what else do you call a yo-yo? I mean, like, it, it's like ball string loopy come back to Yui. I have no idea. It's, the, it's a yo-yo. There's no, no other word to describe a yo-yo. The twirl king. Ooh, that's not bad. And so uh, Bart is a pro. He impresses kids at school and back at home, he's in the kitchen and he's doing all these tricks and Homer is going to soon retire. Yeah, Homer's taken back by Bart's skill. He's like, look at him, Marge. He's he's gonna make me a fortune. And Marge is like, name me one person who's gotten off uh, rich off of yo-yo tricks. Okay, so this is the weirdest joke because every single person that Homer names <laughs> is a monster. Is a monster. <laughs> They're a horrible monster. <laughs> Can you name the three people he names? I can. So Homer. So so Marge asks for you know for him to name one person who uh, got rich off of yo-yo tricks, and Homer's like. Donald Trump? Monster. No. Arnold Palmer? Monster. No. Bill Cosby? Monster. No. Don't. Wait, Arnold Palmer's a monster? Arnold Palmer is a monster because sweet tea is fine by itself. Lemonade is fine by itself. You don't need to combine the two to make a worse drink. I like Arnold Palmer's. Don't get me wrong. They're not a bad drink, but they're worse than both of those two things separately. If you want to add something to your iced tea... You add some bourbon to it, and you make it a nice sweet tea and bourbon. You don't add lemonade like some wheelie little pansy. I like Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer can go to hell. <laughs> you can go to hell. You drink sweet tea like the southerner that you are, and you enjoy that sun tea. I mean, I do like sweet tea. It's the best, right? It is, but I do really like Arnold Palmer's. But <clears throat> it's not as good as sweet tea. <laughs> like, why would you do that? It's are not we, as good. Are we talking like just regular sweet tea or like southern sweet tea? Uh, like southern sun oh, okay. tea. Southern sweet tea is very different than northern sweet tea. Uh, southern sweet tea is where it's at. Yeah, you're a monster if you add lemonade to that because it's perfect as it is. <clears throat> 
Anyway. Fucking monster. Just to add some burden anyway. to it. No, let's change the subject. So, uh, the, the, the kids are still freaking out about yo-yos at school. And so, uh, Krabappel is going through a lesson and talking about, like, you know, I, I think it was what the American, uh, American settlers, like, yes. back in the day. And, like, kids are, like, raising their hand and, like, do they have any yo-yos? And all this stuff. And Krabappel flips. And she's like, listen. She's like, I'm sick and tired of hearing about yo-yos. And she's like, no book reports, no, you know, uh, show and tells, nothing. Nothing involving yo-yos. Bart's response <laughs> is perfect. Yo. Yo. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is really good. I like that. And, uh, and you know, so so Krabappel t- says, if, if, you know, I see a yo-yo out, it's going to, you know, be, uh, uh, you know, basically thrown in the drawer or whatever. You know, it's going to be taken away from them. And so Milhouse goes to Bart and he's like, hey, you got any new tricks? And Bart's like, yes, I have a new one called Plucking the Pickle. Sean. Uh-huh. I looked into it. And apparently when you search online for Plucking the Pickle. You find out what Bill Cosby did, don't you? You don't find yo-yo tricks. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> you find what Bill Cosby did, don't you? Yeah, you, don't, you, you <laughs> don't find uh, no new yo-yo tricks. <laughs> you, you, you find Bill Cosby and a little bit of Donald Trump uh, in the uh, the search history there. What fucking monsters? What monsters did Homer name? <laughs> oh my god, I'm not over that. Back then, they were just rich people. Yeah, but they're all monsters. Horrible, horrible monsters. Whatever. He made the world worse. <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, he didn't inappropriately touch people, though. That we know of. All right, fair enough. I didn't look at it that way. I He's guess. probably clubbing him over the head with a golf club and going at it. Caveman style Arnold Palmer. I'm going to mess up my drinks because I'm a caveman and then I'm going to take woman. Mm. And then Noiseland Arcade got sued <laughs> <laughs> by the estate of Arnold Palmer. Yes. So fuck them. I'll get Lipton on my T side. <laughs> Don't fight for me. <laughs> <laughs> Lipton, I knew you'd have my back. We always have, Sean. We always will. <laughs> so, if you go to Sean's uh, Twitter account, you'll see that he's only followed by one account, Lipton T. So, I, uh, the, you know, Bart goes to do this trick, this plucking the pickle trick, and flings the yo-yo out, it loops back, smashes into the aquarium, goldfish fall out, and Bart quotes Krusty and says, I didn't do it, as the yo-yo is still attached to his finger. Ah, the I didn't do it, boy. (laughs) Which he stole from Krusty, who likely stole it from somebody else. And so, uh, you know, Krabappel is, is pretty upset, and Willie tells her that, you know, the fish are going to a better place. And then we hear the sound of flush. And Bart gets, what, a month of detention, a month of, One month of detention. <laughs> and so uh, Bart says, you know, listen, we're all upset over the untimely passing of Stinky and Wrinkles. But life goes on. And so I, uh, you know, I... Uh, 
I think at this point, uh, uh, Bart says, you know, can I have my yo-yo back? And Krabappel's like, you know, if you were in my position, would you give it to me? And Bart imagines him being like this huge giant over Krabappel and holding the yo-yo over her head and not giving it to her. And he's like, absolutely. <laughs> and I love the delivery on that. Krabappel ain't buying it, though. And so uh, uh, we... She opens up the drawer, and there's a play dude inside, which is the Simpsons kind of answer to Playboy magazine. Uh, and it says, Updike on the Martini. So the only reference I have is that there's a writer named John Updike, Sean. Do you have anything else on that? That's the only thing I could think of. I was actually looking into that, and my notes are like, oh, the play dude cover. What does that say? What is that about? Yeah, that's the only thing I could think of, is is John Updike is a, a writer, but nothing about his work really like stood out to me as being involved with like martinis and stuff. But I mean, it is just an interview and play dude. Have we talked about Playboy before on this podcast? I don't remember. Uh, I don't think we have. So for our younger listeners, Playboy was a magazine. These mm-hmm. things you'd go to the store and it would have nude women in it. Yeah. You, and articles. And articles. You could actually still get Playboy nowadays, but it's just articles. There are no nude women. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Moved, I had no idea. They moved away from that. Well, good on them. I mean, nobody was really reading it for the articles anyway, but, you know, good on them for, you know, leaving it to the internet, I guess. That's that's right, kids. We had to actually go out and get magazines. They didn't move when we watched our pornography. Maybe we'll have a, uh, uh, a smart line episode at some point about all the zany antics we had to go through to get our nudie magazines when we were uh, prepubescent punks. Ooh. We might have to do that after Hugh Hefner guest stars on the show oh oh man it's a while from now but yeah we might have yeah to. it's not that far away it's a season wait what it's only in one season oh wow you're right crusty gets canceled season four end of season four yeah. yeah wow it is it's pretty much about a season away huh uh so krabappel meanwhile goes on some dates and <laughs> she goes out with a real humdinger yeah it's jasper and uh <sighs> I'm not going to really delve too deeply into the dating scene, but suffice to say, some people are not very forthcoming with how they really look from both sides. It's not just men or women. In this case, Jasper has sent a picture of him from like the 20s or something. Yeah. What the fuck happened to Jasper? I'm just going to say it. He's in a zoot suit. He looks pretty good. He was tall. Well, he's an old guy now, and that's what happens in old age. You get smaller, you get gray, you get wrinkly. What the hell, man? Jasper looked great. It'll happen to you. Ah, death! <laughs> so, uh, anyway, Krabappel isn't really having it. Uh, Jasper's like, just because there's snow on the roof doesn't mean there's not... Uh, I don't remember how the rest of it goes. And the quote he's trying to think of is just because there's snow on the roof doesn't mean there's not a fire inside. Uh, but Krabappel is not feeling it. Back at school, uh, during detention, Bart is doing the plumbing. He finds a Malibu Stacy head in, like, the pipes. That's a pretty intense detention. Right? And it, Honestly, it's weird because it's like, I feel like the detentions at Springfield are more to help out Willie than anything else. Because, like, previously we saw that Bart had to see, uh, seed an entire field. He's now doing plumbing and stuff. I feel like Bart is basically, like, 
if I had to wager a guess, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. I think Krabappel is uncomfortable around Willie and basically was like, listen, I just have Bart. He's going to take care of all this. Just keep that gross groundskeeper away from me. I <laughs> oh. uh, And so... We'll get into that in a little bit. <laughs> yes, we will. So... Uh, Hoover comes in and says that it's happy hour in the teacher's lounge, which means that they somebody brought in alcohol. And Krabappel gives a B to... Did you catch the names on the I papers? I did not catch the names. Well, I don't know who the hell these people are. Jamie, LaFond, and Adrian. They must be the nameless kids in the class that we never get a name for. Oh, man. LaFond is probably that one kid that I really hate with the spiky hair and the glasses <laughs> who looks like Kid Vid. He does look like Kid Vid. Maybe Jamie is the girl that's always behind Bart and to the right. Oh, that could be. I don't know. Uh, Bart, however, does not let this chance slide uh, slide by. And he sneaks up and he goes in the drawer, somehow does not pick up the play dude, and grabs his yo-yo. Maybe he's just he just wants to grab his own thing and not get caught. He's innocent at this age. Bart's not thinking about women yet. Ah, I mean, yeah, that's true. He thinks women are gross. But, like, I feel like when the opportunity presents itself. Oh, we'll get into that on Smart uh, All right, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, fair enough. So That's going to be a real creepy episode. Yeah, probably. And so uh, Bart, however, sees the ad. Krabappel has brought in the ad to school and uh, she, he, he puts two and two together. It says, in fact, one plus one equals two. Uh, question mark. Recently divorced fourth grade teacher wishes to meet man age 18 to 60. Object, save me. And he finds the notes. One of them is from Jasper and is from the retire- Springfield Retirement Center. Did you catch the other name on there? No, I did not. Butch Clum. Mm, Butch Clum. I don't know who that is, but uh, I'm sure he was not a good guy. I'm sure that she did not have fun on that date. And so Bart comes up with an idea. The little shit that he is. And somehow he fixes up his writing so it doesn't look like a little, you know, 10-year-old kid did it. Bart has surprisingly good handwriting for a 10-year-old child. In this episode, he does. Yeah. He, He has to just be trying really hard, right? Because normally he doesn't care. So I guess when he actually puts some effort into it, he's not, you know, not terrible at calligraphy. And so... I'm glad one of us is, Bart. <laughs> yeah, your handwriting's crap. Oh, I have the worst handwriting in the world. You do indeed. I will fight somebody about how bad my handwriting is. Although, go figure, I can read it. Well, you've also known me for like yeah. 20-something years now. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Oh, well, 20? Wow. Huh. Yeah, we're old, damn it. Uh, that's not... Anyway, 21 years, old enough to drink. Oh, wow, you're right. Our friendship can drink. That's sad. (laughs) No, no, no. Well, yes. Our friendship's off putting bourbon in sweet tea because he's not a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get a lot of hate over Arnold Palmer. I just know it. I know everybody's going to be like, Sean's an idiot. Arnold Palmer's are delicious. I mean, and they're not. they're not wrong. They are delicious. Sometimes you need a little bit of acidity. But they're also not as good as either of the things separately. Lemonade's delicious, too, man. Like, a really good lemonade? I would fight somebody for lemonade, especially from our lemon tree. (laughs) So, Homer, or I'm sorry, no, not Homer. Bart needs a name for this fictional character he's made up. And so he looks around and sees Woodrow Wilson. 
Now, Sean. 28th president of the United States? He is indeed. Thomas Woodrow Wilson was our 28th president. And while originally neutral, he led America into the Great War over unrestricted submarine warfare from Germany. He led America into World War I, where we lost like more lives than any other war we've ever had. Well, it's also a really incredibly harsh war. Well, every country lost more people than chemical, like they had ever had. Chemical warfare was a thing back then. Go figure, chemical warfare will do that. Uh, Mustard gas. Ugh, yeah, that's some nasty stuff. And so, uh, so Bart fills out this letter uh, and to seal the deal, just so that he know. because at this point, it's interesting, Bart, is you know obviously this is all just sort of a fictional character, but Bart knows enough about Krabappel to know what she's into, yeah, and he what does. She, and what she's not into. As he ends the note with, "Oh, and by the way, I hate yo-yos," and Krabappel is pretty excited. Oh, this chick is thirsty for this. She is absolutely thirsty. In fact, we see Krabappel being pretty thirsty throughout the yeah, series. Yeah, we do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Every, no. Everyone has a, everyone has their drives. Explore and, your sexuality. Go for it. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I agree completely. And so, back at the Simpson household, Homer and Marge are at the uh, kitchen table. This is a weird, weird thing. Because the B-side story takes forever ever to start but it is so good and it ends fairly quick honestly yeah. it uh it it's the b-side story to this episode it does not overstay its welcome and it's really wonderful so uh marge looks outside and i i take it back earlier i had mentioned in the episode that you know we saw the snowflake things up and it didn't seem that cold outside well, now it seems pretty chilly because Marge looks outside. The dog is frigid, all off on its own, trembling. And Marge is like, Homer, maybe we should get a dog house, you know, because it's so cold outside. And Homer's like, Marge, dogs love the outdoors. Marge, you're a tool of the doghouse companies. I am not. You are so. And so, you know, Marge is like, you know, maybe... Maybe $50 will get us a good doghouse. Yeah, and Homer ain't having that. Which $50 is a really good deal for a doghouse. I started looking up doghouses. Oh, yeah, there are quite a bit more than that. They're like 300 at the cheapest I could find for a good doghouse. Well, I mean, let's face it. Uh, nowadays especially, not to say that it didn't happen back then, but I, nowadays especially, there is a big movement for like people treating their dogs as like almost equals to them. Yeah. And so a lot of you know companies can just jack up the price on a lot of that stuff and and people pay it for sure because they're tools of the doghouse industry <laughs> so oh and i also love the fact that uh when marge originally is like you know like oh you know blah blah, blah. like we should get like they're like the dog seems cold like he needs a doghouse and homer's like yeah but what are you gonna do <laughs> so homer draws out his plans for a dog he makes a blueprint and it's great this happy character is the sun Shining on down on the doghouse. Yeah, Homer draws basically this little doodle, and Marge is a little iffy about it, but, you know, eh, it's okay. Bart gets in, and you can tell that Marge and Homer are not very disciplinary because Marge's response when he, Bart comes in is, Oh, hi, honey. How was detention? Just no big deal. 
But I guess after a while, you have to kind of be that way because, like, if you yelled at your kid every time they had, like, if they had detention, and you yelled at them every day they had it, that's probably just going to make them act up, right? Especially when it's a month long detention because this month. isn't the first day. Yeah, this is a month of detention. And so uh, Bart says, ah, I'm getting the hang of the floor waxer, which, uh, by the way, uh, floor waxers are kind of a pain to use. Oh, Sean, Sean and I had they're to They're a pain uh, in the ass. Them. I hate them. Yeah, I don't like them. I don't like if, one if, bit. You, if you have the tube wrong on them, they will uh, spray water all over you. And it's <laughs> a horrible nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> anyway. Can, can I tell you a really funny story about that floor waxer? Mm, yes. So uh, when I quit the store that I'm not going to mention that hit the floor waxer, uh-huh. I might have filled it with old salad dressing. <laughs> I might have done that. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> there might have been Caesar salad dressing in there. Like a lot of it? Like an entire expired bottle? Hmm. I mean, they they fit a fair amount of water, so like, I'm sure it was just annoying enough. Oh, I'm sure it was, but I totally did that. <laughs> uh, memories. I was a Bart. I've always been a Bart. Yeah, you're not wrong. Well, I flirted with my teachers. Wait, what? What? Oh, I'm sorry. So, Bart hits pay dirt, and he receives a response from the letter he sent to Krabappel. And Krabappel sends him a photo to get his pencil moving. Yeah, she does. And she sends him a lingerie photo. So, let's break this down. At this point, not known to Krabappel, however, Krabappel has sent a photo of herself in lingerie to a 10-year-old that she teaches. Like, this is, like, one step away from Krabappel being, uh, well, fired and probably not going to jail for very long if she even goes at all, because that's just how it goes. You know what I gotta say to that? What's that? Nice. <laughs> so, uh. yeah, so here's the thing. Uh, I When I was a kid, I all my teachers were always older. No, they were always quite a bit older. Uh, really? Yeah, almost all of them. Uh, my sixth grade teacher was a little younger. I had a lot of student teachers who became teachers who were like in their young 20s. You lucky son of a bitch. I hate you. Yeah, I had nothing but older older ladies typically. Bunch of nice young studs. Uh, wait, what? What? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, uh, pretty much nothing but older uh, older women. Heck, my fifth grade teacher died. Well, we had her in our class. She had cancer. That sucks. Yeah, that was super heavy. That was really, really heavy. Yeah, she was she was nice. I really liked her, too. But I didn't get to know her for very long, unfortunately. Obviously. I kind of wish my second grade teacher would have died. <laughs> she was kind of a bitch. Everyone had. Well, actually, my all of my elementary teachers I liked. Except the substitute that replaced the one who passed away. Didn't like her. But, anyhow. Uh, so... Krabappel says that, you know, she doesn't want to meet, you know, Woodrow that fast because, you know, she's, you know, once burned, twice shy, basically. She's gone on these crummy dates. And I got to say, uh, when I talk to girls online through online dating and stuff, uh, for those who don't know, I, uh, I I do a fair amount of dating. And, um, you know, as far as that goes. I completely get it when someone doesn't just want to immediately meet. I mean, some people do want that. Some people are just like, yeah, let's get coffee. Like, you know, I want to get to know you right now. Other people are a lot more paranoid, and it's understandable. 
you know, because uh, there's a lot of creeps out there. And so, uh, you know, we have uh, Bart looking at this, you know, picture, and he's like, you got a date with the Xerox machine. And so... Not the first time Bart would take a photo of a woman scantily clad and make copies of it. And that kind of is one of the reasons why I feel like, you know... The play dude. Yeah, Bart probably would have taken the play dude, except for the fact that it would have been very apparent that it was missing and he would have been the one to got in trouble because his yo-yo was missing. You know, the yo-yo was missing. Uh, Imagine how embarrassing it would be to be a teacher who sent a lingerie photo and every student sees it. Dude, that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> we had a teacher actually. Oh, oh, my God. I forgot all about that story. Yeah. Uh, I have the photo in my phone right now. Weird. Right? Weird. I got a text message uh, from my younger sister, actually. That's weird. That's, that's <laughs> weird. I'm just not even going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Well, we were talking about, you know, what had happened. Uh, and I never had the teacher, but, uh, yeah, uh, she uh, she sent well, actually, specifically... I, I said, oh, my God, you have it? And she was like, yeah. And she's like, I'd send it to you, but this is weird. And I was like, quit being a baby and send your big brother some nudes. <laughs> <laughs> Those, I think, were my exact words. Uh, you should have just printed that text message out and framed it and just put it on your wall. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I probably should have. That was pretty great. So uh, in the backyard, Homer's not having that great of luck with this project well it's not his fault it's the stupid lumber stupid lumber damn it dealt with this and so i uh, you know todd is listening in next door at the flanders house and so cuts to inside at uh, the the flanders dinner table and ned explains how he had to run around all afternoon to try to find a man a quarter because he only gave him three back when he asked for oh, change for a dollar stupid quarter <laughs> <laughs> and so i uh, and so Maud asks Todd, and she's like, you know, do you want any, uh, 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 you know, vegetables or whatever? Uh, and Todd is like, hell no. And she's like, what? And Natty's like, what did you say? And he's like, I don't want any damn vegetables. And Flanders explodes in a fit of rage and tells him no Bible stories tonight. And so he's <gasps> <laughs> he runs off crying, and Maude is like, Ned, don't you think you were hard on him? And Ned is like, well, you knew I had a temper when you married me. This beast story is so good. I love this episode. Flanders calls Reverend Lovejoy, and who's eating cherry pie a la mode. You don't like cherries, do you? Not a big cherry person. And you don't like cherry pie, do you? No, I... I'm more of a chocolatey kind of pie person. The only fruit pie that I'm really for apple? is no, it's um probably like raspberry or raspberry. Really, apple pie I can only have if it has cheese on it, much like a serial killer. Yeah, like a serial killer. Is that a Canadian thing? Um, I don't know. I just know Ed Gein did it, and I like it. <laughs> a southern thing? I think it's a southern thing. Oh wait, no, I absolutely know what it is. It's a serial killer thing, you <laughs> fucking freak. <laughs> 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 At least I don't put lemonade in my goddamn iced tea. Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, I may be a serial killer, but just because I put lemonade in my tea does not mean that all people who do this are serial killers. No, just almost all of them. 
I mean, I, I don't have any numbers to disprove this. So uh, so Flanders talks to Reverend Lovejoy. And he's like, hello, Ned. I, I love that Helen Lovejoy calls to him. He's like, Flanders is on the phone. And Reverend Lovejoy's response is, oh, it's about that damn quarter again. And Flanders is like, he's like, my son Todd said he wouldn't eat his damn vegetables. And Reverend Lovejoy's like, oh, you know how kids are with vegetables. What was it, asparagus? And Flanders is like, no, it's, the point is that he said a bad word. And he's like, oh, right, uh, of course. And so he's, uh, you know, he's like, well, blah, 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 you know, find out what's causing it and then direct that person to the Bible. And where in the Bible? Uh, page 900. Which, by the way, according to an online Bible I found, page 900 is the book of Jeremiah. Oh. And because Bibles are split very specifically, you know, with passages and everything like that, I think that would be universal, wouldn't it? I don't know. Because every line is a, has its own, like, you know, specific placing, right? Like, like thirty-two. You're talking 15. to a serial killer about a Bible right now. <laughs> <laughs> Some serial killers read Bibles. Yeah, when we're in jail and trying to repent. Touche. So make it look good so we can get out on an easy sentence. All right, that's fair. I don't know if I've had to do that before. Anyway. Lovejoy hangs on the phone, looks down, his pie is collapsed. And he goes, oh, damn, Flanders. I love how much Lovejoy hates Flanders. Well, this will also become the quote of choice moving forward. When Flanders typically calls Lovejoy, he usually ends it with, damn, Flanders. And I just think that's great. So we get some shots basically going through trying to figure out where he learned where the swear words came from. Indeed we do. And, uh... Uh, Do you have some of those listed? Oh, you know what? Uh, actually, right before that, uh, we have Bart getting advice. Oh, you're right. You're right. Bart yeah. does get advice. Yeah, Bart. he asks about advice about love life. Uh-huh. So he goes to Lisa, who doesn't really give him advice and tries to guess who he has a crush on. I kind of imagined you and your sister in this scene. It's not that far off, honestly. It's kind of funny the way she makes fun of him. And she's like, oh, does Bart have a girlfriend? And Bart's like, no, no, no. Get serious. And Bart doesn't really have a crush on anyone. Well, he maybe has some unresolved feelings for Kerbopple. Oh, there's some sexual tension. There's some awkward sexual tension. Just a bit, for sure. I mean, especially considering she sent him that photo and like now Bart has that in his mind. Like, if he was not sexualizing her to some capacity before, he is now. Certainly now, yeah. And so Lisa starts going through a list of who Bart might have a crush on. Terry? No. No. Sherry? No. Girl with the lazy eye patch? I still don't remember which one of them has a crush on Bart, and it kills me every time we bring him up. I did a little bit of research into this. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Who is it? There's no answer. There's no answer? One of the twins goes up to Bart, yells at him for something in the football episode. Okay. And then says, oh, by the way, my sister has a crush on you and leaves. But we never learn which one that is. Now, I believe this is totally fan fiction. I know it's a fan fiction season. Uh Uh-huh. But there's a future episode where Bart's like a teenager. And he's dating one of the girls. And he's fooling around with the other one thinking it's her. Mm-hmm. And I just vividly remember that scene and getting brought up on like clips from Simpsons you might not remember and things like this. 
Huh. Interesting. So it's like a teen Bart. So he's like got like a bad teen mustache kind of thing. Okay. And he's like fooling around with Sherry because he's dating Sherry or Terry. And she's like, that's my sister. That's like a weird, awkward scene. Weird. Uh, by the way, um, if there is a girl with an eye patch at the school I went to, I would have totally been into her. Hell yeah, she's a pirate or solid snake. And just hot, boss, I guess. And just hot because she has an eye patch. Eye patches are hot. We've talked about your fetishes on the show before, Sean. Eye patch. Eye patch for Craig. <clears throat> anyway. Dude, it's, oh, just, uh, it's just badass chicks. Right? It's super badass. Like if she had an eye patch and she looked like Sparkle, bam, right there. Got the chick. Silver hair, <laughs> rocking it out, eye patch. That's my perfect girl. But really, any girl you put an eye patch on is going to become my perfect girl. Uh, it's so. Uh, oh, and there's also an unpronounceable exchange student. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do it justice. This weird kind of it's like subtly racist joke. It's like got a tick in it. I just know there's a. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so, I. Uh, uh, what is it that Lisa says next that really caught me off guard? I. Uh, he he. Bart says, "No, no, no. It's um, homework." Yeah, let's do some homework, Bart. And there is a lot of unbagging to do with that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, back at the Flanders house, we see uh, uh, Flanders is going through his list. And so apparently, what Todd is watching is Gomer Pyle USMC. Yep. Which is uh, Un- uh, United States Marine Corps. And uh, do you have a lot of info on that episode? Or, I don't, uh, that show? because I have a lot of info on what he doesn't watch anymore. Aha, wonderful. So I will let the listener know. So uh, Gomer Pyle was a sitcom that aired from 1964 to 1969 on CBS that was widely popular. It ended up being one of the most popular shows in America. And Gomer Pyle is a spinoff. Do you know what it's spinoff show of, Sean? No. The Andy Griffith Show. Gomer Pyle starred, uh, was a guest star in like two or three episodes. Like it was just supposed to be one, but he became really popular and people like thought he was a really funny character. So they kept bringing him back. And so he got a spinoff show. Weird. Right? That's the uh, uh, a pretty early spinoff show too because not a lot of shows back then got like spinoffs, I don't think. Uh, but there was 150 episodes made. But what did he used to watch, Sean? He used to watch Davy and Goliath, which I have mentioned before. Why doesn't he watch it anymore? Well, because he thought the idea of a talking dog was blasphemous. So, for those who don't know, Davy and Goliath was a claymation show that ran from, get this one, 1961 Mm -hmm. to 2004. They made new Davy and Goliath all the way up to 2004. And basically what it is is a Christian-based claymation show about a boy and his talking dog and the adventures they go on. Now, for those who watch Adult Swim, they have a parody of this known Ah, as Moral Oral, which I also love, and it might be the single most depressing show ever made. (laughs) I love it because of that, because I love things with depression, because I suffer from depression. Well, I mean... Misery loves company, and I love to be depressed. I wasn't going to say misery loves company, but if I mean, yeah, fair enough. You're not entirely wrong. <laughs> That's a funny way of putting it, but yes. But uh, Davy and Goliath was basically a 15-minute little claymation cartoon. I which don't know, Davy. All have Christian morals. 
I mean, like, all I know from Davy and Goliath, because I never watched it as a kid, is, I don't know, Davy. It's basically, like, the dog, like... The dog is the voice of reason. Basically, it's the voice of God, essentially. How often is Davy, like, trying to, like, murder people and stuff? Like, for that dog to just perpetually be like, I don't know, Davy. Perhaps it's not right to murder people. No, it's a happy show. It's, like, Lassie or, you know, I don't know, Gumby or the Littlest Hobo. Well, it's just nobody's dog. Anyway, uh, so Bart, back at the Simpson household, is, you know, he, he's having trouble thinking of something, you know, to, to write to Krabappel. And so he goes to Marge, and he basically gets a uh, 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 love postcard from Mar- uh, that Homer sent to Marge. And the postcard is like the world's biggest pull tab. It's like some brewery Homer went to. And it looks like the Duff Brewery. Now, maybe it is? I don't know. It might have been the Duff Brewery. Because I, I, I feel like there's a few breweries around Springfield and Shelbyville and stuff. So it, it could very well be. Uh, but uh, uh, do you have the contents of that uh, uh, postcard? Okay, well, we'll chat about that later. So uh, as far as that goes, Bart's, you know, pretty impressed. It's it's a little sloppy, and you can tell Homer's drunk in the the postcard, but he's like, wow, a side of dad I've never seen. And uh, he steals one of the lines from that. uh, A butt that won't quit, right? Yeah, it's a butt that won't quit. (laughs) So, uh, So the next day at school, Bart is uh, on detention again, and he's like, Penny, for your thoughts, Mrs. K. And he spits in the mug to clean it. Yeah, so Bart's kind of being <laughs> real manipulative in this scene. He is? He's fishing for info about this person he's hitting on. There's got to be something, like, I, this has to be something people have, someone has done before, because, I mean, like, kudos to Bart, it is super clever. He He wants to mess with her. And probably continue this like phony sham relationship because he is getting some kind of weird, you know, sexual <laughs> feelings from it, and uh, or even feelings of love potentially. Oh, that's gross! I didn't even think about that till you just said that. What's that? So, Bart's early stints with pornography consist of a photo of his dad with somebody who's half naked mm-hmm. and his teacher. Yeah. Yeah, Bart's going to have a real screwed up life. Well, we already knew that was going to happen. And so, you know, I, I, Krabappel's like, no, 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 no. And, you know, Bart insists. And she's like, all right, well, she just wants a man that likes what she looks like first thing in the morning, laughs at her jokes, and can fix her car. And Edna later gets a letter and of course, Bart has pulled all this in, pulled everything he can in, and Edna is falling hard for what is essentially Bart. Yeah, she is. No, mind you, you know, certain things, I mean, because th- these are lies. So it's not that, like, Krabappel is, like, falling for Bart himself by any means. Yeah, Bart doesn't fix cars. No, no. And, and you know, but Bart is just sort of pulling this out of his butt. He's like a 10-year-old. But at the very least, we know that Bart is getting some thrill out of all this, for sure. Back in the Flanders estate, we have uh, uh, Rod and Todd having uh, or playing with blocks and like toy cars and stuff, and they built the mission. 
Bringing in the sheaves. Bringing in the sheaves. Oh, by the way, that's a gospel song from 1874, which is typically Protestant. Yes, it is. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that. Does so, that mean Flanders is Protestant? We get a few hints of that throughout Springfield. That they're typically Protestant? Yeah. Really? I, I don't know if I know enough about Protestant versus Lutheran oh, versus... Well, I'm trying, I'm trying to know, think if those are Baptist mostly and... in fan fiction seasons where the hints come. Could we get a lot oh. more with the church after Flanders' wife passed away? Oh, yeah, that could be. Not entirely sure there. Uh, but I... Uh, oh, by the way, uh, sheaves is a plural of sheaf, a bundle of grain. I had no idea. And so uh, Ned is... You know, says he's like, well, he's not getting it from his older brother. And do you have the list of everything I don't. he? Okay, so I, I do have a list here. The bad influences list composed of bumper stickers, comic books, grandma, television, and the brother. So grandma's still alive. Hello, Joe. Grandma's still alive. Grandma Flanders. I mean, she's going to kick it eventually. Well... Oh, yeah, this could be the grandma on the other side. Could be. I mean, we know that uh, 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 Flanders' parents are kind of deadbeats. Yeah, so it's not his parent. It's got to be Maud's. It's very likely grandma... Well, it doesn't he refer to the one who goes, Hello, Joe! Doesn't Isn't that referred to as Grandma Flanders? Could be. So is that his grandmother? So it's great-grandmother for the kids? Probably great-grandma for the kids. Okay. Because, yeah, it wouldn't be his mother. His mother would not necessarily, I wouldn't think, be that senile and old. Lousy beatnik. <laughs> Although we later find out in fan fiction years that Flanders is like 60 years old. Yeah, fan fiction. Whatever. And so, while Flanders is scratching his head trying to figure this out, we hear Homer next door going, Damn crappy nails! Super glue my but, and so Flanders comes over, and Homer's like, listen, if it's about the camcorder, I lost it. Every time I use super glue, I always say super glue my butt. Super glue my butt. Mm, out of context, that's... Anyway, so Flanders goes to explain about, you know, what's going on, and, and you know, his potty mouth, and, and Homer's like, what the hell are you talking about? And Flanders says, all of us pull a few boners now and then. Yeah, we all go half-cocked every now and then. We pull a few boners. Making asses of ourselves. Hot. Flanders pulling them boners. Always pulling them boners, man. Flanders pulls boners. Ned Flanders pulls boners. By the way, if you look at my notes, they actually say Flanders is really about those boners. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the third time we've had somebody refer to jokes as boners. Which I think we've gone over it before, but there's a great Batman comic that you need to look up of the Joker. He's going to pull the biggest boner that's ever been pulled. <laughs> boner. <laughs> We're adults. I beg your pardon. Speak for yourself. So uh, Homer is, is you know, kind of taken aback. And Flanders is like, well, I don't want to be hard on you. There's another uh, fun <laughs> little... <laughs> I forgot about that one. Uh, and so Homer comes up with the first thing he can think of, and he's like, well, what about your mustache? Flanders is like, what about my mustache? He's like, people are talking. Seems like you have something to hide. 
And Flanders takes the deal. If if Homer's going to watch his potty mouth, he'll uh, shave off the old cookie duster. And Homer's like, aye, aye, Admiral Butthead. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, inside, Bart is uh, uh, watching Two for Tunisia on Colorization Theater. Sean, do you know why the soap opera people are like blue, purple, or violet, whatever color they are? So I'm assuming, and uh-huh. I don't know the reason, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming it's because colorization is a bastardization of any film that has ever been made. Whenever they make a colorized version, Ted Turner was notorious for this. <laughs> yeah, he was. They're just horrible. You don't colorize something that's in black and white. But Sean, sometimes it's boring if it's black and white. I just want to punch someone who says something about that. People who don't watch black and white films just physically annoy me, and I want to hit them with something heavy. I'd have watched, uh, uh, oh, God, what was the movie called? The comic book one, Sin City. I'd have watched Sin City, Sean, but it was black and white. I, I can't. I don't have time for that. I mean, it had those scenes that were color, kind of. Those, those were all right. Oh, it did. Kind of. splashes of color. Yeah, it did. Uh, I seriously hate people who will not watch something in black and white. It physically annoys me so much and gets my blood boiling. I, I'm a I, I'm not a huge movie buff, but I am certainly a purist when it comes to how things should like be, you know, how they should be watched and how they were intended. So, like, you know, when it comes to anime, I like Japanese with subtitles. Uh, when it comes to like something like The Simpsons, you know, I, I get that it's super accessible by dubbing it in other countries, but like, I don't know. I the way I would look at it is. Put on subtitles and watch it in English. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, but it, by the same token, other for other countries' work, uh, whether it's French, whether it's you know uh, Japanese, whatever, original language and subtitles is what I go for. But I'm you know, no, I do the same yeah. thing, and I worked in a video store, and people will come in, throw a fit when something is subtitled, and I just want to throw it at them. <laughs> They're like, read a book. <laughs> oh, it just annoys me so much. Black and white and subtitles, those are the things that just people will complain about. I'm just... Mm. Hilarious. So, uh, Bart says something to the effect of, like, slow down, Frenchie, this stuff is gold. And at school the next day, I... Well, actually, no, this would be later because Kremapel uh, 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 gets another letter that of stuff that Bart put in from this soap opera. And Hoover's jealous. She's like, you know, when are you going to meet him? So I have a theory that came up with this, and it yep. kind of hits the end of the episode. I don't think she's getting these letters actually in the mail. I think Bart is physically delivering these letters to her apartment. Oh, that could be. Because he's only in detention for a month. I mean, but, like, shouldn't she be creeped out by that? You think she would catch on, but I don't think she knows. Well, she would have to. I mean, at the end of the episode, Bart puts it under her door, but she's in an apartment. They have the big mailboxes that are, like, you know, in, in like, you know, uh, like, in one part of the building, you know? Not all do, actually. Um, oh, my maybe they don't? My aunt in Florida had an apartment that actually had a mailbox in the door. It was, like, the mail slot. Oh, that could be. They only had, like, boxes for, like, big deliveries that you'd have to go down to the main office to get. Interesting. I mean, that could be. I, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I mean, and let's face it, you know, there's definitely been oversights on The Simpsons when it comes to little things like this. But so, yeah, that maybe it's happening in a shorter time frame and not waiting for, you know, the days to go by for the mail. The mail doesn't take too long. A few days. Well, then again, it would have to go to the company that's handling the personals and then sent then to her. Then sent to her. So, yeah, maybe she, he is just dropping it off. Hmm. In any event, though. 
We have uh, unless they're avoiding the personals after they've gotten to know each other a little bit and they're now sending letters back and forth. That could be, yeah. Maybe they cut out the middleman already. That that's certainly possible. And so Edna is going to ask for a photo, and if she's got what she's you know she's looking for, she's reeling them in. And Hoover's jealous. Oh yeah, Hoover she, is. She's reading the letter and she's like, "Wow, a million poets for a million years. <laughs> that's great." And so. Bart needs a picture, and he goes thumbing through a, the the nearest book he has, which is a hockey almanac. Yep, and he finds Gordy Howe. Strap on your skates, Gordy. You're going in. Got another Michigan reference here with Gordy Howe, Mister Hockey of the Red Wings. Yeah, he was a hockey player from forty six uh, to nineteen or nineteen forty six to nineteen eighty. He spent the first twenty five seasons he played with the red uh, the Red Wings. He's hailed as one of the greatest to play the sport and might have been the best ever if Wayne Gretzky hadn't appeared in the 1980s, who broke some of his records. So, Gordie Howe's story. Mm -hmm. My grandma's a lifelong Red Wings fan. And her 80th birthday, she got to ride on a Zamboni at the Red Wings game. Adorable. Adorable. Awesome. So, we're in like a suite. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting to go out like she's waiting to go on the the ice. And Gordie Howe is there. That's pretty awesome. He starts talking to her, and she starts talking about like watching him when you know she was younger. Uh huh. And she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm here for my 80th birthday." Gordy Howe, Mister Smooth, is like, "No, you can't be 80. There's no way, pretty lady like you is 80." <laughs> Gordy Howe hit on my grandma, and that's awesome. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's pretty amazing. I wish Gordy Howe hit on me. Hmm. <laughs> So, back home at the uh, the Simpsons, Homer is laughing to March, and he's like, Flanders thinks I swear too much. And he starts laughing some more, and then he's like, you're not laughing. And, you know, Marge is like, well, maybe that has a point. And Homer's like, well, here we go again. Uh, can't one day go by without you bringing up your hero, Ned Flanders. And Marge is like, actually, Homer, you brought up Ned Flanders. And he's like, look, Marge. And basically, Homer tries to convince her that, you know, he's too old to change. But Marge says that her father was in the Navy and swore like a sailor. And when he came back, it almost cost, his, cost him his job as a baby photographer. That's weird, Marge. I don't think that's what your father did when we see what he did later on. Well, one of the stories is wrong. And maybe this was the lie that was concocted for him being an airplane steward? Maybe this is the truth because it doesn't make sense that he she had a fear of flying because she already flew to Capital City. She, she will fly to other places. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so maybe... Maybe that episode is just total bull. With, with some Probably. great jokes. <laughs> Total bull with some great jokes. And so Homer is not afraid of a little self-improvement and uh, is willing to do the swear jar, you know, thing. But he's got some questions about this. Sean, what if he hits his hand with a hammer? Does that count? Yeah. What if he catches on fire? No, Homer. <laughs> what if he sees something weird in the sky? No, Homer. Wait, no, I think that's a yes. No, that's a no. Something weird in the sky is a no. Oh, that he didn't have to pay? Yeah, he doesn't have to pay. Or he has to pay. If he oh, that he does have to pay. Yeah. Okay. And then what about when they snuggle? Oh, that's okay. 
Uh, so Bart gets a reply from Krabappel, and he goes into the treehouse all alone in order to read it. And there's got to be a lot of feelings going through Bart right now. And uh, he reads the letter, and uh, after dinner at the Gilded Truffle, uh, Krabappel says that maybe they'll go back to her place for some home cooking. Hungrily yours, Edna. Hungry? More like thirsty. Yeah. Go for it, girl. Too bad he's fake. Sorry. Yeah. And so Bart says, time to boat this bass. And so he sends her a reply. And sexfully yours. I love the fact that I, 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 I don't remember how they transition it so well, but it's something to the effect of like, you know, I can't wait to see you or whatever. And then when uh, Krabappel looks up, she's Bart just staring at her and uh, she's like, Bart, eyes down. He's like, yes, ma'am. And so, yeah, they're going to meet at the Gilded Truffle Saturday at eight. So. The day rolls around, and Bart goes to the Gilded Truffle, looks through the window, and sees Krabappel sort of waiting in the restaurant. She's looking a little antsy. You know, she got there first, and normally you would get there early. At least I do for dates uh, as the guy. I try to make sure that I get there, like, maybe, you know, like, eh, maybe like 10, 15 minutes early, you know? Uh, It seems like the polite thing to do. And so... Bart just starts cracking up watching her. And then he goes to see a movie. What movie does he go see? Ernest Needs a Kidney. Hilarious. So Ernest P. Worrell is a fictional character portrayed by Jim Varney in a series of television commercials, primarily shot on digital video, a novelty at the time. And uh, later he had a television series. uh, And then, of course, he had a lot of feature films. It's interesting that Ernest was a character that started in commercial and got so popular that he got movies. Has that, like, ever happened? They tried that with the Geico Caveman because they had a Geico Caveman TV show that did not go anywhere. Oh, right. I never remember those being that funny. They weren't. They weren't funny at all. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, so Ernest was created by the Nashville advertising agency, uh, Cardin and Cherry, uh, used in, you know, uh, television ads. Uh, The first Ernest commercial was filmed in 1980. And, uh, yeah, he was was real big into the 80s and early 90s. Jim Varney was a really charming guy. Yeah, he was. I really liked uh, Jim Varney. Bart comes out of the theater cracking up. And this isn't the first time we'll see the Simpsons going to a uh, Ernest movie. And he finds after, what, probably an hour and a half? Hour and a half to two hours. Something like that. Movies were probably about an hour and 45 minutes back in the yeah, 90s. something like that. Poor Edna Krabappel is still waiting and starts to cry. And Bart feels partly responsible for this. And they're closing up the restaurant, and it's really sad. It really is. And Edna did herself up, too. She, like... Sure. Went all out for this date. She, I mean, in her mind, this is going to be the relationship that saves her. And I th- yeah, that's not a healthy way of looking at it, you know, that this relationship will save me. You know, that's not a good way of looking at it for sure. But, I mean, Edna has not had a lot going for her lately. And, you know, what started as a fun little 
you know, kind of side thing is sort of becoming a big part of her life. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Homer uh, has a few things that make him swear. What are those few things, Craig? Uh, putting too much money in the collection plate. How much did he put in the collection plate? He put a 20. Damn. <laughs> uh, missing a strike. Son of a... And uh, uh, Ned making money. <laughs> Which is great because Ned's like... He's like, you know, no sooner than I shaved off this mustache than I had you know, people calling in from a commercial agency. I tell you, it's criminal how uh, often these checks come in. You and- dirty bass. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally... Homer's outside, and he messes up the doghouse. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not finally. There's one more after this. Homer messes up the doghouse by not putting a door on it. And when Lisa's like, how does the dog get in? Homer's like, well, he... Oh, damn. And uh, finally, sleeping in a hammock with a jacket on because it's kind of cold out, which is sort of weird. Uh, at least I think he's wearing a jacket. Right? I don't think he is. I don't Maybe think he's, he's wearing not. a jacket. Some of the scenes in this episode have like snow lying around and it's like chilly out. Yeah, it's Michigan. It switches every day. <laughs> Fair enough. And the final thing is a beehive falls on him while he's in the hammock. Which, if it was snowy out, though, the bees would be definitely out of season. Yeah, they would. Out of season bee attack. <laughs> oh, the worst no. kind of bee attack. <laughs> That's when they're angry about the cold. Oh, God. I've seen those bees in Donkey Kong Country. They'll kill you. They'll kill you in one hit. Yes, they will. It's what they do. And so. Bart is using globe wax to wax the globe. Krabappel is sad, but Bart really tries to cheer her up. And he's like, you know, like, oh, there's plenty of people out there, yada, yada. And he's trying to get her mind off it. And, you know, Bart's done wrong. And now he feels bad, probably because he's kind of developed some kind of emotions Feelings. he doesn't understand, you know, involving her. And so uh, do you have the list of the teachers and their issues? Yeah. So he brings up Seymour Skinner. Mama's boy. Yeah, mommy won't let him out to play. Yeah, that's right. Which, if that's the only thing stopping her, or stopping their relationship, well, maybe Killer. that'll change. Yes, killer. Killer. <laughs> <laughs> and who's next? Uh, Coach Coach Faulkner. He's a bit of a drunk. Glug, 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 glug. <laughs> and what's Willie into? You don't even want to know what Willie's into. And that's why she's using Bart to, in order to do all of the manual labor around the, in the classroom. What creepy-ass shit is Willie into? Filming people against their will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just answered that real quickly. I'm just like... But every Scottish person <laughs> does it! I'm thinking, like, there's going to be some, like, weird thing. But no, he's just filming sex. Whatever. Go for it, Willie. Well, you do you. against their knowledge, which is where it becomes a bit of a crime. You don't have a camera system set up? <clears throat> <clears throat> Krabappel tells Bart that he is the closest thing to a man in her life, and that is so depressing, she thinks she's going to cry. And she does! Oh man, she nails that line, too. She really, really does, and Bart feels terrible. In the backyard of the Simpsons' house, Homer smashes his thumb with a hammer. Oh, fiddle dee dee. Oh no, oh, oh that, fudge. Oh fudge. <laughs> That's broken. And then he steps on a nail. Oh, fiddle dee dee. That will require a tetanus shot. I'm not going to swear, but I'm going to tear down this stupid doghouse. And so he smashes the, the doghouse, starts kicking it, and March comes into the backyard with a wagon, with Lisa, and a doghouse. 
And Homer's like, where'd you get the money? And she's like, well, there's more than enough in the swear jar. And she's like, and if you look inside, there's a special surprise for you. And Homer looks in. And it's Maggie. Oh, or Maggie. Oh, cute. She's like, no, behind Maggie. And he's like, beer, how did you know? (laughs) Beer, how did you know? It's one of my favorites. I love it. Uh, Anytime somebody gives me a six-pack of beer for Christmas, I usually do that. (laughs) Beer, how did you know? And so I... There's kind of a, a rare example here of family bonding as Marge is playing with Maggie and like kind of blowing raspberries into her stomach yeah. and making her laugh. And Lisa's sitting there on the couch in the den. And, and Bart's masturbating to his teacher. Yeah. Or having issues. I'm <laughs> awkward. And so Bart comes in and he's like, he's like, Mom, I know it's ahead of schedule, but I'm having some girl problems. And Lisa's like, I knew it. <laughs> Who is it? Mrs. Krabappel. And both Marge and Lisa, I love that they're both like, mm. and Bart comes clean to his family. Yeah. He needs advice. He doesn't know what to do. He shows the photo. And Homer is like, oh, I should start going to parents' night. And Marge is not happy. She's disappointed in Bart. And Homer's like, you know, he's like, Bart, he's like, you march yourself right to that uh, uh, woman and tell her what you've done. And Marge's like, no, the truth of Destroyer. And he's like, oh, I only said it, Marge, because I thought that's what you (laughs) wanted to hear. And so they decide to write a goodbye letter. It is the the best and easiest way to sever all ties, except for the fact that Bart made Xerox copies of this picture of his teacher. So even though his parents confiscated that photo, he's got a backup. You know he has a backup. Gross. Is it? Well, okay, it's gross because it's his teacher and, you know, she unwillingly sent it to him. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And so... uh, you know, Homer's like, dear baby, welcome to Dumpsville. Population you. Uh, Lisa recommends that they say something around the lines of uh, him not being available because uh, he'll be inoculating babies in kombucha. Do you do you want to know about kombucha? <laughs> Go for it. It was a country from 1976 to 1979. It was a genocidal state that executed millions of Cambodians. Vietnam occupied territory between 1979 and 1982. It survived as a rump state due to China and then eventually became Cambodia with the help of the UN. I don't know why Lisa brought up kombucha. I can only imagine the writers were just like, what's a country that is kind of rare and weird? I don't know, kombucha. It didn't exist at this time. It was Cambodia. Hmm. Is that weird or is that really, really friggin' weird? That's really weird. I... But you that, know, that's a lame idea. <laughs> See, crocodiles bit off my face. And Marge is like, part. When a woman loves a man, it doesn't matter if a crocodile bit off his face. And Homer, Homer is the perfect response. <laughs> Homer just leans in and he goes, I might hold you to that, Marge. If there's anybody who's going to have their face bit off in the uh, Simpson estate by a crocodile. It's, it's Homer. That's probably Homer. Or Grandpa. I could see Grandpa getting his face bit off. And so... They go back and forth. Yeah, I can. Well, Grandpa almost had his face bitten off. He's got his teeth destroyed by a crocodile. Oh yeah, or was it an alligator? I think it was an alligator. Anyway, so I appreciate that Bart is 
you know, let's face it, Bart was writing some pretty romantic stuff before. We know he has it in him. But now that the family's involved, he's kind of like backpedaled into his attention-seeking ways, and he's perpetually, like, bringing up all these, like, really terrible things to say. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird change of the dynamic. It is. Uh, I mean, except for the fact that Bart loves attention, and this is his way of getting it right now. He likes negative, re- you know, reinforcement. And he's hoping to get a whole lot of negative reinforcement from Mrs. Anyhow. And so, I. You know, Homer finally, you know, when they're like trying to find a way to end it, Homer says, you know, a love that will echo through the ages. And Bart calls him an old honey dripper. And like Homer's like shake, you know, shake or uh, uh, rubs his head. Marge and Lisa smile at each other and the cat and the dog are like grooming each other. And it's kind of this touching moment. And that line doesn't make it into the letter. Oh, you're right. It That line is not actually in the letter, which has always bugged me. Oh, yeah. How does that work? So Edna is at home in her apartment. She's super sad. She's eating out of the can, which means she didn't even bother to heat up whatever gross canned food she's eating. And maybe she could get on a hot plate. Not bloody likely. Maybe she has a gas stove and she just set it on there. Not bloody likely. An apartment? Definitely not bloody likely. Probably an electric stove for sure. I don't think I've ever seen an apartment have gas. In the nineties? I don't know, maybe? I feel like we'd have to ask some people who had apartments in the 90s. Shout out to anyone who owned an apartment in the early 90s. Did you have a gas stove? Reach out to us. GameZillaMedia.com. There's a link to our Discord, or you can reach out to us on Facebook. If you tell us you like Arnold Palmer, I'll tell you to go to hell. I'm sorry. (laughs) They're they're good drinks, but they're not as good as either. So, Edna sees the letter slide under the door. And she rushes to the door, and no one is to be seen. And she gets the letter, and she at least has closure. Uh, the letter tells Edna Krabappel that, you know, he can't say what he's doing, you know, except for that uh, uh, every time he hears the, the, the wind, it will whisper the name Edna. I thought I was going to whisper Lowenstein. Lowenstein. Oh, uh, eh. so finally in a better mood at school after she gets some closure, Edna offers Bart some outdoor detention. Bart throws out his arms and says, it's a date. And Bart really, you know, after the initial time of complaining, Bart doesn't seem to bitch that much about his detention. Almost as if he was kind of excited to be spending time with her after school, just the two of them. Hmm. It then shows Gordy, Gordon Gordy House records uh, uh, for his hockey uh, uh, time, and the episode ends with a little like hockey jingle, and the credits roll. I love that episode so much. This is a phenomenal episode. It's one of those ones that I didn't love as a child. I didn't love it as a teenager, but like growing up and watching this episode, I grew to love it more. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I associate more with the adult characters on the show now than I do with Bart. Oh no, absolutely. I, I when I was a kid, yeah, I didn't really, you know, didn't empathize as much with Edna Krabappel, but now I definitely do. Definitely do. Dating is hard. Dating is rough. Whether it was the '90s or it's today, it is rough. And so, Sean, lasting impact of the episode? Because for me, it's this is the 
first real Bart and Krabappel episode. Like they've had moments together, like in Bart gets an F, but I mean, in this episode, we really see them kind of thrive as characters. I think this is more focusing on Krabappel than Bart and Krabappel. I think this is the first time we see her as more than just a teacher. She's oh, yeah. something. She's a character. She's actually made into a character by this episode. Absolutely, you're you're not wrong in the least. This this is a very heavy Krabappel episode, and yeah, we find out about her. We find out her her you know issues, what she has going on, her character traits. This I think might be the first time we see her smoking. Oh, maybe that I'm not a hundred percent on, but but. You know, it, it hasn't happened as often because she's always just shown as in the classroom. Yeah, so it, this might be the first episode she's smoking. Uh, so, Craig, uh, what's your favorite quote from this episode? Because <laughs> this one ran real long and I didn't expect that. My favorite quote is three words. I am gay, which, of course, is Homer's recommendation for how to break things off with Krabappel. So my favorite has to be homer's letter to marge the postcard the postcard which i have used this exact line on my girlfriend before when i was in england and very drunk and it's maybe it's the beer talking but you got a butt that won't quit they got these big chewy pretzels here five dollars get out of here yes i am getting